Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. Inasmuch as my natural man is subject to the elements of the natural world, my spirit man, my new man in Christ, is likewise subject to the heavenly kingdom and to the spirit of the living God. My natural man is constantly under the law of gravity, for example, and I cannot escape that law. And even so, in the spirit of God, In the realm of the kingdom of God, there is a law that is operative that I want to introduce you to. Paul calls that law the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Listen to Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. There is now then no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that just there is a marvelous marvelous truth. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why am I not under condemnation? Why am I free? Why can I live and and walk with God and enjoy God? Why am I free from death and sin and bondages? Why am I free from fear and hiding and timidity before God? Why can I be free from condemnation? Well, Paul answers it and he says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. So in the natural, gravity is a law among many others. Even so in the Spirit, there is the law of sin and death. And it's working on my fallen old nature. And constantly it is just pumping, if you will, uh, flooding into my being sin and death. And I'm held in bondage to that sin and death, which produces in me condemnation and fear of God. But now I cried out to Jesus. I called upon the name of all names. And in the name of Jesus, I got born again. I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I began a brand new living with God. Paul says, there is then a law that operates within you that overcomes and trumps the law of sin and death. That spiritual negative law that I was in bondage to has now been superseded by a life-giving, freeing law. And as long as I remain in Christ Jesus and I walk in the Spirit, I should experience that law constantly putting life in me, constantly living through me, lifting me up, constantly uh, uh, enlivening me, constantly empowering me in anything and everything that is good. And even the superlative of good is deposited through life constantly into me, and I grow and I mature because of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus today. 
I want to introduce you to this dynamic, whether we fully understand it or not, but as the children of Almighty God, there is such a life-giving law at work within us every single day. You are welcome, Christ. You are welcome, life-giving Spirit. You are welcome, Abba Father. Come work in me. Come be powerful within me. Come operate within me. Come move within me. Come and be mighty within me. Come and be strong within me. I welcome the law of life. I welcome the law of the spirit of life. I welcome the law of the spirit of life in Christ. I welcome the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, are you happy now? Yes. Praise the Lord. All right, Ephesians chapter 1. And look at the latter part of verse 18. Paul is praying for the Ephesian believers. He wants their understanding to be enlightened. Regarding what? Regarding what? And here it is in the latter part of verses 18, 19, and 20, and so forth. Oh, Ephesian saints, and I would say to you today, brothers and sisters in the 21st century, even here in Legacy School of Discipleship, Paul says, I want you to know what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Go ahead and circle that little word, highlight it. All throughout Paul's writings, you'll come to understand he uses this word, in you and in Christ. Into you and into Christ. It speaks of a subjective union, a subjective experience, a joining, a mingling. I want you to know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance In the saints. Saints, do not look outside of you for riches no more. Don't look outside of you for an inheritance. What a shame that Christians nowadays think God favors them or blesses them or God is mad at them based on the stuff that they have on the outside. You have to come to that place where you live by the inheritance on the inside and not by the toys you possess on the outside. This is why Paul could be locked up in a dungeon filled with rats and yesterday's garbage, and yet he can praise God. Have you read uh, read Acts chapter 16? He's in the jail in Philippi. And in that jail, he turns inward, and there is a richness in him. There is a glory of God in him. There's an inheritance. There's something in him that makes him sing. And bam, the prison doors open. Paul is not perturbed for being in prison or in the palace. It doesn't matter to this man because in him is the goody, not the environment around him. Paul is asking and he's praying, Oh God, I want the Ephesian believers to know what's on the inside. God's inheritance is not 
in this world on the outside. It might be in the world to come. But for now, His kingdom is within you. So the normal Christian life is a life of turning inward. He wants these saints to get this. But now, inside of them is an inheritance. There's something glorious, and there is something with riches. Look at verse 19. Paul says, I want you to know what is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe. There is an inheritance of surpassing great power for you if you believe. That power is within you, and that power is according to the functioning, the operation, the movement of His might and His strength. In other words, right now on the inside of the believer, there is something operative. There's an inheritance that was planted within you at the day of your birth. And that inheritance is not dormant, it's active. It is moving. That's why the children of the Lord is always finding inside of them something moving, something building, something depositing, something cleansing, something purifying, something convicting. What is it? It is the power of God's life on the inside of you. Think of it this way. Think of the seed. The seed has a husk, a shell, with the life element on the inside. And even though we may look at the seed, even if we could look into the ground where that seed is planted, we may not discern that there's much going on in that shell. Because the shell just looks like it's there and it has no movement. But we all know the movement is on the inside of the shell. And we may look at one another and we say, oh, God's not working at that person. Oh, God is seemingly absent from this person. But y'all, He is moving There's a power. There's an inheritance. And that power is according to life. That's why when grandma stands there and she has her hands nicely, however grandma has it, or grandpa has his hands, don't judge him by the look of the shell. We're a hippity-hop generation, so we jump really high. So we think, ah, he's got greater life than he has. But you know that grandma with the hunchback? It stands there, and she can't hardly lift her hand. Don't look at the shell of grandma that sings yesterday's hymns. Because in her, too, is the power of an endless life. Don't look at the shell. It's what's going on inside of a person. Paul says, I want you to know that something great, something surpassing... It's moving within you. Over the past few days, we've been saying, you are now in the law of life. And the point I want to get across to you this morning is that life in you is not dormant. If you don't grow as a Christian, if you are not sanctified as a Christian, if you are not even transformed into His glory from glory to glory to glory, if there's no growth in you, then something is wrong with your cooperation in that life. You have got to allow that life to crack and to manifest and bring forth riches out of you. Saints, you cannot 10 years from now be the same Christian that you are now 
Because then you deny the power of that life within you. Ten years from now, your speech should be different. You should look different. Your countenance should be different. Your view of God should be different. You should have grown more into the image of God a year, a week, a month, a day from now. You have got to let that law of life work within you. Why is it working? Because it's depositing the riches of God's inheritance in you. And may I ask, who is the riches of God? Christ. Who is the inheritance of God? Jesus. Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is not here to give you toys. He is here to deposit and dispense Jesus Christ's nature into you. And if you allow Him to live and move and operate within you, praise the Lord, you should not look the, dif- the, the same. You should look different. Oh, Paul says here, I want you to know this power within you, which He caused to operate in Christ. It's the same power in Jesus as now in you. And that power was operating, moving, and what did it do for Him? It raised Him from the dead. If there's anything dead in you, that power, bam, will make it alive. Now look at this. That power seated Him at the right hand in the heavenlies. If that power rose Him from the dead... And seated Him in the heavens. Paul says that same power is moving. That same operative life force is moving in you right now. To raise you from the dead. And to ascend you into the heavenlies before God. Saints, if you don't have constant fellowship with God. If you are not before the throne of the Lord. If you are not in the heavenlies enjoying the Lord. Even partaking of the things that are in the heavens. Peace with God. Joy with God. Revelation. If these things are not your experience, then you're not allowing the law of life to elevate you and to lift you into the heavens. Are you with me? What's in the heavens? Authority. What's in the heavens? Joy. What's in the heavens? Peace. Whatever the heavenly reality is, that law of life will lift you into that reality. We appreciate heaven coming down to earth. Y'all, but we are being beamed up. Just like He was risen from the grave into the land of the living, and then from the land of the living into the land of the heavens. And Paul says to the Ephesians, you are seated actually up there. Your feet may be down here, but your behind is up there. You're seating with Him up there. Are you with me? Now, you have such a power within you. And you'll see here in uh, verse uh, 21... The Lord was lifted up above all rule, all authority, all power, all lordship, and every name that is named. He was lifted above Caesar's name. He was lifted above every false god. And He was lifted above every stronghold, every demonic attack, every power, every principality that's negative. He was lifted above that and they became under His feet. Paul says, the same power that did that, That same law of life is doing it in you today. Praise the Lord. You just have to have a little faith in God. So this power is moving. Look at your notes. The law of the Spirit of life is not passive. You're the passive one. But not Him. He is active and permeating. He is moving. And what is He doing 
He is dispensing the source of life into your being. So let's go a little deeper now. What does the Holy Spirit do now? Why is He within you? And if He's moving within you, what on earth, pray tell, is He doing? Well, He's raising you from the dead. He's lifting you into the heavens. And He's putting all addiction, all curses, all yesterday's garbage, all religion, all guck, all superstition, all fear, everything that is negative in this universe. He is putting it under your feet even as it is under the feet of the Lord Jesus. But furthermore, He is doing something else. The Holy Spirit is taking God the Father who is the source of life. And the Holy Spirit is making the source your reality. That source in heaven, if we can draw a little dividing line here. The Father is the source of life. He is the tree of life. The Holy Spirit is taking His essence, His being, and He is infusing it into my being. Day and night, night and day, you will find a funnel, a channel. The Holy Spirit is digging a trench into your being, and day and night is depositing the source, the Father, into your being. So who is the source of life? The Father. Here's a little paragraph. God is life. To have life is to simply have God. There's no other life but the life of God. God is thus the source, the origin. We can have the functioning of the law of life within us only to the extent that we stay in the source. Notice here on the screen, and then we're going to begin to read a few verses here quickly. The Father is the source through the tree of life, which is Christ. Christ is this medium, this mediator. Christ is this tree of life. The Father, through the Lord Jesus Christ, in the way of the Holy Spirit, day and night links you with the riches of this life, the inheritance of this life, the glory of this life. There is not one excuse you and I can give to the Lord for living a depressed life, a downtrodden, defeated life. This is not the normal Christian life, to have your shoulders slumped over, to be in darkness. The normal Christian life is you and the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit, absolutely living in an elevated position. Your daily experience should be life-giving. The Holy Spirit connects you to the source, night and day. And He does it through the tree of life, by the Holy Spirit, connects you to the source. Now, saints, the source is just life. Psalms uh, 36. We've visited this portion before, but let's go over it again. This law that's moving within me, what is He doing? He's resurrecting me. He's ascending me. He's putting all rule and authority and every negative thing under my feet. And furthermore, He is making me one with the source. Psalm 36, verse 9. 
Let's read it together. For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light, we see light. Papa, Abba is the source of life. So the Holy Spirit just takes what belongs to the Father. Jesus Christ Himself said, I am life. Why? Because He lived by the Father's life. So the Holy Spirit is not going to just bring all sorts of other guck into your life. He brings one thing. Life. This life resurrects you. This life ascends you. And this life puts everything under your feet. It's moving. He is just taking the essence of Christ, who took the essence of the Father. And this is a mystery how they can be three different expressions, yet the same. But I want you to get this. The source of life is moving in your being. Turn with me to John chapter 6, verse 57. John 6, verse 57. Oh, this is a marvelous verse right here. We will come back to John 6 numerous times still, and and we'll get a deeper understanding of it. But 57 is marvelous. Look at the Lord's word here. As the, what type of father? The living father. Here in Psalm 36, the father is the fountain of? What type of fountain is it? A life-giving fountain. Now the Lord Jesus says, as the what type of father? The fountain of life, Father. The living Father. As He sent me and I live because of Him. Hello? Jesus lived by His Papa's life. Even like me. Look at this little skinny man here in front of you. I live by my mama and my daddy's human life that they gave to me. I live by that life. Even so, the Lord Jesus, He lives by the life His Papa gave Him. Abba, Yahweh. He lived by no other life. Now He says here, As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of my Papa, so He who eats me shall also live because of me. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He is feeding you the life-giving Jesus who lives by the life-giving Papa. You cannot escape His living work within you. Now, I want you to come with me to Matthew 16. Real quick, let's go. Matthew 16. This is not on your notes now. You may want to take a side note of it though. Matthew 16. Verses 16, Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am? Notice this interesting response in verse 16. And Simon, Shimon, Peter, Kipha, Shimon Kipha answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of what type of God? Son of the living God. Come with me to Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verse 31. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken to you by God? God is speaking these very words, saying, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God 
of Itzak, and I am the God of Yaakov. Now Jesus interprets this. He is not the God of the dead, but he is God of the Because what comes out of him? What is moving out of him? What is flowing out of him day and night, night and day? Say it with me. Life. Because he's the source. He's the fountain of life. Acts 14 verse 15. And saying, men, why are you doing these things? In other words, in Greek, you hooligan. Why are you doing these things? We also are men of like feeling as you. And yet we announce to you the gospel that you should turn away from these vain, dead, empty, useless things to what type of God? The living God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all things in them. Second Corinthians. Let's go on. What type of God is He? So the work of the Holy Spirit, the moving of the Holy Spirit, it did in Jesus a life work, a resurrection work. That same living, operative, moving Spirit, the law of life that operated in Christ, is operating in you because God has got nothing else to give you except life. Now listen, even though we're making that statement, nothing else, Just know that a seed has riches and variety in it. A seed, even though one seed, one little apple seed, once that seed sprouts, it will make countless of millions of apples. And it will put a seed in another apple who will produce another apple tree with countless of millions of apples over a lifetime. One little seed. All that God wants to give to you today is life. You ask for wisdom, He gives you life. And life will have riches in it to the extent that it will sprout forth wisdom in your life. You need a paying job? Just let the Lord give you life. Life will lead you to the paying job. You need a deliverance? You need a a this, a that? Whatever you need, it is locked up in the source being life. So He has initially nothing else to give me except life. And that life will first raise that which is dead, then ascend you from this plane into the heavenly plane, then that life will begin to put everything under your feet, and it will make you rich in glory and inheritance. Amen? Amen. Trust this law of life. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 3. Um, Verse 2, you are our letter inscribed in our hearts. You are known and read by all men. Since you are being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, ministered by us, inscribed not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of the living God. 2 Corinthians 6. Verse 16, and what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Even as God has said, I will dwell among them and walk among them. Saints, the living God. Oh, but I see you're not convinced yet. 
First Thessalonians 1 verse 9. For they themselves report concerning us what kind of entrance we had toward you and how you turned to God from the idols, your useless, corrupt living, to serve a living and true God. The spirit that's working within you is dispensing life. Look at uh, 1 Timothy. Let's go forward just a little bit. Quick, quick. 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. But if I delay, I write that you may know how one ought to conduct himself in the house of God. This house of God is the church of the living God. The pillar and base of truth. You have no truth. You have no pillar. You have no base or foundation outside of the living God. So when we say the law of the spirit of life, what is he doing? He's dispensing life into you. Oh, but I see you're looking at me as though you're not convinced. Turn to 1 Timothy 4 verse 10. For to this end, we labor and we strive. We work very, very hard. Because we have set our hope on the living God. Look at uh, chapter 6 verse 17. Who alone has immortality. This God. He doesn't die. And He's dwelling in unapproachable light. Whom no man has seen nor can see. To whom be honor and eternal might. Amen. I want you to just notice that phrase there, immortality. This is such a life-giving God working in you right now. Look at Hebrews, a few more verses, come on. Hebrews 3 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Beware, brothers, lest perhaps there be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in falling away from the living God. Chapter 9, verse 14. Chapter 9, verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish, to God. You see the triune God there? Verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ, through the eternal Spirit, offer Himself without blemish to God? How much more will He purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living, fountain, life-giving God? Look at 10 verse 31. Oh, this should be on your bumper sticker right here. 10 verse 31. It is a fearful thing. Read it with me. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. 12.22. But you, you've come forward to Mount Zion... And to the city of the 
living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to a myriad of angels and to the universal gathering. What type of God are you serving today? The living God. And then lastly, Revelation 7. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. Can we say praise such a living God today? Y'all, let me just sit down for a minute and, and just in one sentence see if I can wrap this up. I'm not sure what religion you're trapped in or what you've been taught, but if you're born of the life of God, you should experience such a living God ministering to you day and night. Every single area in your being should be turned into life. If it's not turning into life, it's not because He doesn't have the power of resurrection. It's because you deny the power of that life-giving God. Let me say it as emphatically as I can. Do not settle on a form of godliness, the shell of godliness, and deny that operating, life-giving, living God power within you. Are you with me? Every single day, welcome such a life-giving fountain, a source within you. And trust that life-giving source. Don't inform the source about all you need. That source itself, the law of life itself will supply you. Don't have a big out, knock out, drag out, fight with God to find answers. The life source itself will give you the answers. Everything you need is dispensed by the Holy Spirit into your being. You're supplied. You have no bones to pick with God anymore. Paul says to the Ephesians, the very same life-operating power that rose him from the dead is within you. Welcome, saints, to the normal Christian life. 